Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our show. My name is Jacob, Senior Acquisitions Manager with WholesalingOutOfTheBox.com, and I will be your host for today's episode. Today, we're going to be listening to the second half of our director's commentary from last week. For any of you who did not get a chance to listen to last week's episode, I highly suggest that you go back and start there before continuing with today's podcast. Um, main, main reason for that, of course, is you're going to have a better understanding as far as what the context is of this conversation with the seller, and uh, you're going to understand where we started, where the conversation left off, and then today, of course, you'll understand ultimately where it's going to go and uh, how it's going to end. So that said, uh, to bring you up to speed, this conversation was a cold call to a probate lead. The key thing that I want you all to listen for is the emotional and the empathetic side of this conversation. Uh, that is ultimately what got me in front of this seller before any other investor was even given the opportunity. Uh, emotional intelligence or EQ goes a long way in this business. Uh, fact of the matter is that people's homes are personal, right? And you have to be aware of that and you have to listen for that when it shows itself in these conversations because that's really what it's all about. It's all about understanding and getting to know the seller on a more personal level so that you can build the relationship with them. That is what is going to lead to you ultimately getting more deals to the table, and it's just gonna to lead to a more successful, better business over the course of time. If you can learn how to create that relationship and that rapport over the phone, it's only gonna continue, of course, when you go on the walkthrough, and then that's what's gonna get you to the closing table. So that's the main reason that we started with this conversation as far as episode two is concerned. And uh, I hope that you guys are able to pick that up, and I hope that you're able to hear that and learn from it moving forward. Now, as always, before we dive in, um, I do want you guys to keep in mind the following. These call breakdowns are meant to serve as examples only, okay? Uh, the conversations vary for a number of different reasons, and you're all going to need to learn how to pivot conversations as necessary in order to be truly successful with the sellers over the phone. Um, you're going to have to learn to roll with the punches. It's as simple as that. So these calls will change, but again, the goal behind putting these in front of you, of course, is over the course of time, once the library of these episodes is fully built, uh, you should have almost a little bit of everything in there at that point to be able to go back and uh, try out new techniques and so on and, and try to improve the result. Uh, number two, I am not an expert, and I am not perfect. I will be the first person to tell you that, Everything you're about to hear is based on my experience and um, literally hundreds of hours listening to content about sales, negotiations, and human psychology. Uh, I listened to my own recordings for years before I was able to get to the point that I'm at today. Uh, and it's likely that uh, many of you are probably going to have to do that same thing. Um, and that's okay. You know, for some people, talking comes naturally. For others, uh, take some work. So, but just know that. If you sincerely spend the time and you go out and you fail over and over and over again, I promise you, you will eventually adapt and overcome, okay? In order for that last part to really happen, the last thing that I do want to ask you guys is that if you are not recording your calls currently, please make that a priority. The fact is, is that when you listen to your own recordings, you're going to begin to identify what your weaknesses are and what you need to focus on to improve, and that's what it's all about. It's all about getting better every day. 
Okay, now that that's out of the way, without further delay, let's get started on today's call. Yeah, sure. So, um, great question. So, in short, um, I'll try to recap this and summarize it as best I can. Um, but what I would do is I would meet you guys at the property. Um, before, I, uh, before I do that, I would do a market analysis of what things are selling for in your neighborhood. Which, you know, number of bedrooms, baths, uh, and so on, and then, of course, based on condition. Um, from my perspective, of course, again, you know, we are we are looking at it from an investment standpoint. Um, so it is something we look to to make money on, of course, to be uh, to put it bluntly. Um, so what I do is I basically look at what I think I can sell the property for when it is all fixed up, and then I I basically just work backwards from there. I factor in. Uh, how long I'm going to be holding the property and what those holding costs are going to be. I factor in uh, the purchase price, of course, which is what we would ultimately agree to should you decide to work with us. And then I factor in the uh, overall cost of the repairs that I would have to put back into it to get it up to that level. Um, and then it's literally just running that calculation backwards and seeing what it comes out to. And then it's just a conversation uh, open and honestly between us to figure out whether or not we can make that number work. And then if it doesn't, we can talk about what it looks like to uh, refer you to Jay, who's our uh, realtor that we work with, and we can always send you down that road as well. So, um, yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Do you, do you guys have any questions for me? Or? It does make sense. I just wanted you to know that it would definitely be a fixer offer, so I don't know, like, well, it is, yeah. So, um, okay. typically, how long does a process like this take? So, as far as my portion of the process goes, um, I, I will be able to give you a firm offer by the time I'm, I leave the uh, leave the appointment. Um, so, if we yeah, if we set up a time tomorrow um, or Wednesday, whatever day works better for you. I'll be able to have that conversation with you in person while I'm on site, and uh, I can review all of that information with you so that you can understand uh, where I'm coming from and why. Um, and then it's literally just, a, like I said, it's it's just an honest conversation about whether or not that number would work for you. Now, that being said, um, there are a couple of things that I cannot do um, when I'm on the property. I'm not qualified to look at crawl spaces and so on. So. Um, like foundation repairs or any sort of crawl space type of inspection would be handled prior to like an actual closing date. Um, it's, and it's uh, uh, so that wouldn't be an issue. Oh, okay. Well, very good then. So yeah. So if that's the case, then I should be able to evaluate it pretty much to uh, um, almost down to the T. Um, now some of them are generalized. Like when I'll be honest with you, when it comes to things like electrical um, and things like plumbing. I don't always necessarily know what the plumbing structure is, whether or not it was original cast iron or if it's been updated. Um, so there are there are a couple of things that need to be checked thoroughly um, after the fact, um, but I would hire an actual city inspector to come out and look at those things. Um, should you should you know we ultimately decide to move forward, and um, and the goal of course is is to never come back to you guys and. Uh, and have to do like a price reduction or anything along those lines. In the history of our business, we've been in business for 10 years. Uh, we've worked with over 100 different people, and I think I've only had to come back twice. So just to, to give you a, you know, a heads up on that. Okay, guys, so a couple of different things going on there as well, right? 
Um, so uh, the big thing that you guys heard it, and I said it uh, when I started talking last time around, right? But um, Heather, the wife, comes right out and says that it's a fixer-upper. So immediately based on that, uh, as far as all of my concerns on whether or not, you know, we've got something that is of uh, potential is uh, pretty much out the window at that point. Because the second that she says fixer-upper, I'm already thinking in my head that, okay, great, we've probably got somewhere between 30 and 40 grand worth of repairs right off the bat. Um, and that's just your basic cosmetics, right? So um, that's the kitchens, the bathrooms, floors, paint, windows, uh, maybe HVAC, right? So those are the things that are kind of going through my head. The second that she says the words fixer-upper, um, I already know that this is a property that needs to be rehabbed, right? So sounds like the, thus far, we've got something that could be a pretty good fit. Um, now you, I, th I think uh, in this portion of the conversation, um, you can kind of hear me talking about some of these things, right? As far as um, what the process looks like moving forward. I'm also starting to set the expectation as far as like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be able to give you all those numbers on site. There's a couple of things I can inspect for. And this is all true, right? I'm not a certified crawl space inspector. Uh, I can't do mold, moisture, and termite inspections. That's not me. So when we go to actually uh, sign paperwork, um, those are inspections that happen after the fact. And of course, the goal is to never come back and have to ask for a price reduction. But occasionally that does happen. Okay, so again, this is kind of setting that expectation moving forward that, hey, like, you know, we can come and we can talk about a number and so on, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the end all be all number at the end of the day. Now, that being said, it is true, 100%. We never try to go back and, and renegotiate a lower number unless it is absolutely required. Um, the reason that we do that personally, uh, that's just good business, right? I mean, we're in this business to help the seller. Um, obviously we need to make a fee and our time and marketing fees and everything have to be accounted for at the end of the day. But if you've got a hell of a spread on a deal and you have to come back because a buyer says, oh, I did a crawl space inspection and um, that crawl space inspection repairs came back at 10 grand. Um, is there anything we can do, right? Or can you meet me halfway? So if you have a $20,000 spread on the deal or a, a $25,000 spread on the deal and the buyer comes back and says, I need another five, you're still at a 15 to $20,000 profit. I mean, you do you, but I personally, and I think we as a company personally feel that that's just unnecessary. You don't need to do that. It's kind of being greedy, right? The one thing that we like to say in our organization is uh, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. It's 100% true. So that comes back to doing good business. We never really go back and ask for price reductions unless we absolutely have to. Um, but that also comes along with making sure that you contract up at the right number at the beginning of the relationship and at the beginning of the property walkthrough and so on. If you contract up too high, obviously that one's on you. Now you're going to have to figure out a way to make it work. And at the end of the day, you should always go back and do what you said you were going to do. So that is being, you know, somebody who does good business. And that's what you're always going to hear from our company is do good business. Do what you said you were going to do. So that's a little off topic. Sorry, I rabbit holed out, but I just want to cover that because that is important. I want you guys to understand that moving forward. Um, I tell you that because I want you to I, I want you to understand that. I want to be upfront and honest with you that it's always a possibility, but it's not something that we look to do. Um, so yeah, in short, I should be able to to do all of that while I'm on site with you, and I should be able to have that conversation. And if you guys made a decision to move forward or not, that that would be fine. And did I hear you say you're a veteran-owned company or you work with veterans? Or 
we've worked with veterans. We are not a veteran-owned company. Um, actually, Cameron is a veteran. He just retired out of the Air Force uh, back in December, and then he came on to our team full-time. Yeah. I, <laughs> what branch are you, or were you? Both. We're both Army. Oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe I should put Cameron on the phone and have him meet you out there, and you guys can go back and forth on that. <laughs> You know, did I lose you or did you guys cut out? Sorry. Damn it. No, but, okay. But go ahead. <laughs> but, uh, so, so you have our number. I would, um, if you could please text us a link or whatever so we can look you up. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a one-stop shopper. So I That's would expect okay. yeah. you to put your best foot forward. Sure. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah, totally understand. Trust me, I, I literally, uh, every single property I look at, there's always three or four offers on the table, and I just simply always try to do, uh, you know, the best I can and, and try to offer what's going to make sense for me. And the day, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I completely understand. Um, I will say this. I do, um, so I do set up uh, quite a few property walkthroughs throughout the week, and um, funding is uh, actually limited for us, despite what most people might think. Um, so I do ask if I can get a decision within 24 hours from you on whether or not we are going to be able to move forward. The reason for that is because when I ultimately go and meet with uh, the next um, seller that you know we're potentially going to buy from, I, I want to have that opportunity for them to say yes and for us to have the funding available. Um, so totally get it that you're not a one-stop shopper. Uh, just just to let you know that I I have some things that I worry about on that front too. So would that would that be a problem to uh, I guess w would that be a problem at all? A 24-hour decision? Well, well, that's a pretty quick turnaround, being that we're you know are coming from the West Coast, you know, sure. so we're in the peak and we're trying to put everything in order. So not only are working with the house but we're also working with every other bill every other everything that comes within a state sure so yeah may not be realistic on our side but it would definitely have to be like within the week i mean we would do our best we okay. wouldn't sit there and jerk it off we don't do that or whatever okay. that was what i'm saying but, yeah I mean, we would sit there and toy with you that it would be no i mean it's very serious that we get things done and that we do it quickly for um as you sure. know there's an inventory list that needs to be completed so we need to have the information ready so like we're okay. coming down to make things happen not to just sit around and hope that it happens on its own so but 24 sure. hours is pretty quick for somebody coming into not knowing what we're going into if that makes sense I mean, we have a, we yeah. have an idea of where we want to be. So, um, I got you. Well, I'll tell you what. Then, c can you be honest with me and just tell me, like, ultimately, what it is you guys are looking for, so I can at least try to figure out ahead of time whether or not that number is even close to to working for me. Okay, guys, I'm going to stop it one more time right here. So, um, this is a really good portion of the conversation, okay? And I'll tell you what I'm doing. Some of you may recognize it if you've ever listened to uh, John Martinez or, I mean, there's actually a handful of guys out there that are teaching this. Um, but it is called Advanced Agreement. So, what I did is 
this guy basically came right out and said, well, I'm not a one-stop shopper, right? Yeah, totally get it. No worries whatsoever. Like every single house that I've ever made an offer on, there's usually three or four other competitive offers that come to the table and that's fine, right? So one thing I will say though, is that I do have other people that I need to go and see. And um, unfortunately funding is is limited. It's not always, you know, just I can get funding whenever, wherever I want. Um, and because of that, I need to give every seller that I meet with the same opportunity to work with us. And I need to be able to promise them that I can actually close if they make a decision to move forward. So I say that because I want the seller to understand like, hey, totally get it. You've got multiple people that are going to be giving you offers. You're going to go out and you're, you're going to price shop, right? But that being said, like, I also want you to understand where I'm coming from. I need you guys to make a decision so that I can make sure that the next person has that same opportunity to make a decision. So I use that to go into that justification, so to speak. And then I ask, like, is that going to be a problem or can we make that happen or would that be an issue? Right. And that's what I did here. And then you can immediately kind of hear them, you know, backpedal and, and kind of, you know, I guess argue like, oh, 24 hours, that's a quick turnaround. And like, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff on our minds and we just don't know if we have all that information and so on. Again, it's the same thing with every single seller, right? This is just you setting the expectation that you expect to have a decision made somewhat quickly. Um, and that is so that when you actually go on the appointment, you can then reference this conversation when they say, ah, oh, well, I'd really just like time to think about it. Well, Mr. Seller, I mean, respectfully, you know, I thought we agreed the other day that you were going to be able to give me a, a decision by the end of our conversation today. Right? I mean, that's, that's exactly how that conversation is going to go because you're going to remind them that I've got to go meet with somebody else. I have to give them that opportunity to be able to work with me, just like I'm giving you the opportunity to do that now. So I need to know by the end of our conversation whether or not we're going to be able to make this work. And again, either way, whether it's a yes or no, that's fine, right? I'm not pressing you, but I mean, this is something that has to be understood and I need you to make a decision. This is the setup for that conversation and for fighting that objective in the future. The objective is, right, or the objection, excuse me, the objection is I need time to think about it. This advance agreement is ultimately going to be your um, I guess your play, you know, if you want to call it that moving forward, when you actually go on the property walkthrough to get around that objection. So really, really good stuff here. I wanted you to hear that. I wanted you to understand what that was and how that sounds so that you guys can incorporate that moving forward as well. Right. The last thing I want to do is waste your time too, with everything that you guys have right. going on, of course. Right. Right. But right now we're still collecting information as well, like the area information and, you know, just, kind of learning about it ourselves we don't want to go into something yeah. like you wouldn't want to either just go in and take the first offer and realize oh my goodness they're nine minutes from here and there and this and it could have I mean, been right I mean, if, I mean if you look up the um i mean if you look because number one i wouldn't i mean obviously um how do i say this? we want to make an educated decision yes not there just you go. Blind. we're not absolutely yeah and we're and we're oh, very oh for sure we're very um you know we believe very strongly in karma so we would not mm -hmm. to mess you over i guess is the right way to say that yeah and, and and that's exactly i mean that's pretty much how we work as well i mean so 
so that's part of the discussion that I would have with you at the property. Like I literally bring my laptop just, just so that you guys understand where I'm coming from. Um, I literally bring my laptop and I pull up the multiple listing service, the MLS, which is what realtors and real estate agents use to evaluate the market. Um, I pull that up in front of you guys and I literally sort it by the square footage. I look at sales over the last six months. I jump straight to your neighborhood and I literally show you everything that's going on. So for me, it's, um, uh, I'm, I, I guess all that to say is that I completely understand where you're coming from as far as wanting to make sure that you're educated and you understand what's going on. I do that because I also believe that you should be educated as the seller. Um, and that's also to, uh, unfortunately, we do have people in, that uh, are in this business in this area that aren't necessarily some of the most honest players. Um, and uh, it's not always necessarily good business with some of those guys. So to uh, take out any of those concerns, I review all of that, and I show you my numbers, and I show you why. And the reason for that is because I want you to understand that what I'm telling you is is accurate, and it's correct, and it's what the market is saying, and it's not just Jacob trying to, you know, get one over on you. Right. Wow. So all of that right there, guys, right, that's building trust and being able to, you know, allow them or give them the opportunity to work with us and, and having a mutual understanding that, hey, nobody's here to screw anybody over, right? We're just here to help each other out. And if we can do that, great. If we can't, okay, that's fine too, right? But we do actually do this on every single one of our walkthroughs. We educate the seller as far as what the market is, what we think the repairs are going to be, right? And then working backwards from there on the number and then having the actual negotiation on site. We do that because that's sincere. Like we do believe that the seller should be educated. So, and that was obviously a big objection that they had here as far as not being able to give me a decision the day of when we actually go to meet, right? So because they feel like they're not educated enough to be able to make that decision. So, okay, well, that's fine. We can, we can address that. Like we can educate you and get you up to speed and then we can run through the numbers together and show you what that looks like from my perspective and have an honest conversation about what that looks like, right? So, Again, this is just being real and this is, you know, looking out for the seller's best interest just as much as you're looking out for yourself. And that goes back to what can I give, right, versus what can I get? So it's always about what you can give. It's always about helping the seller. And if you have to educate them on the market to do that, then you should be doing that. Again, that's just part of doing good business. So the other thing you heard me say, and I didn't talk about it last time, but I did actually try to get a number out of them over the phone, right? So I kind of started that conversation of like, hey, like, you know, the last thing I want to do is waste your time. I definitely don't want to waste mine. Like, can you guys just tell me roughly like where you think you need to be, you know, before I actually go and spend my time out there with you? Like, just want to see whether or not we're close. That's one way that I go about asking that question to try to get a number out of somebody. There's a few other ways to, to ask that question as well. I'm sure that you'll hear that on future director's commentaries calls. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, this is just another tool in the arsenal, right? But I did try to ask for that number before I went on the actual walkthrough. Um, I didn't get it. I still don't get it by the end of the conversation, unfortunately. Um, but I felt good enough about the conversation that we had that I would be able to get on site, have this open, honest conversation with them, and ultimately see whether or not we could make my number work. Um, and that's kind of where we're at. So. so so say we do decide to go with you guys, what's the process look from there? 
Um, so basically, um, if you guys did decide to work with us after uh, we come up with a number, uh, I would send you um, the paperwork that would be for signature, of course. Basically, it's a, a purchase and sale agreement that says that we're going to take on the property um, and uh, that you agree to sell, of course, for X price. We would go ahead and set a closing date of your choosing. Now, knowing that you guys live on the West Coast, um, we can send a mobile notary when it comes to time of closing. So that way, obviously, you guys wouldn't have to worry about trying to figure out how to get back in, uh, you know, in the area and so on. So it just becomes a basic for you guys are. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. We're gonna we're gonna start title almost immediately, and we'll get the attorneys involved, and uh, we'll put an EMD down, and and we'll start the process, and and just keep you in the loop. And at that point, Ashley would be the one that's communicating with you as far as uh, how the closing is progressing, and if anything comes up during the title search. Um, and then you guys would work directly with the attorney's office on getting any anything that may come up resolved. And then we would go ahead and move uh, move to closing. Okay. So, so, so overall, so a thirty day process or less should be less. Yes. Yeah. So so the only thing the only thing that holds closing up is is title. Yeah. So as long as everything is clear on title and there's no liens, judgments, encumbrances, anything that we have to come through. As long as all of that is clear and easy, then yeah, I mean we can we can close. I think the earliest we've closed before is uh, eight days. So yeah, I mean if we can close sooner, we can then we will definitely do so, and uh, it'll be written that way in the paperwork as well. It'll say on or before, you know, whatever right. date we we set for closing. Yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. You say so. The earliest you've ever closed is eight days. So, you know, that was obviously pre-COVID. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I will be honest with you. So, of course, we do have a clause in, in all of our paperwork now that accounts for COVID. Um, just everything with all the changes on a weekly basis. It's, um, for example, a lot of the city offices right now are telling you to do everything electronically. And if you do come in, you have to schedule a time. And it's, yeah, it's 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 been fun. <laughs> no, no, it hasn't yeah. been fun at all. No. We've, we've had uh, my stepfather passed away in February, and things were just beginning to close, and then they did close when my mom had passed away. So, so no, mm. it is no fun doing all this COVID stuff. No, no, it's and, it's a nightmare, unfortunately, and I feel like we're all just trying to get through the best we can. Unfortunately, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. But I'm saying all this because I figure you guys are probably good at navigating the, all the pitfalls that occur during situations like this, or at least I would certainly hope so. Yes, yeah. It, when, I mean, so COVID is one of those things where it's up in the air. We can only do so much. Um, that just depends on kind of who we get at the city that day and whether or not they want to deal with us. Now, I will say um, we do have very good relationships, of course, with all these offices. So, um, But it doesn't necessarily mean that they, um, you know, that we're the squeaky wheel and we get the grease, so to speak. So, But when it comes to um, uh, more specifically, um, not to sound uh, indelicate, but when it does come to probate situations, uh, yes, we are very experienced with that, and 
and we're very good at navigating those waters. So um, those are things that we work through as they come up, of course. Okay, well, that sounds interesting. So I guess we'll see you on the property Tuesday at, what, 7.30? That, that sounds good. Yep, I can be there at 5.30, no problem, tomorrow evening. Okay, and we'll see how things go. You know, again, not going to commit to you right away unless everything feels right. Um, sure. And, you know, and obviously how we feel about things. So. Um, Absolutely. Yep. We're working through, you know, estate information and stuff and learning, uh, you know, how it all works and that might take a minute. Yeah, ab absolutely. I, I totally understand. And, that, and and uh, we're not, I mean, even though we're, un, you know, we're here for a short bit of time, we can, we can easily, we're not in a big hurry to do anything. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like, oh, we got to get, get this figured out. You know, we, we are obviously going to look for the best deal and, you know, go from there. So we'll see what happens once you look at the house and see where we're at. Sure. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And just I and like I said, I I totally understand that. I just want to make sure that I can be fair uh, to future sellers, you know, over the next week or two. Um, so the the reason I say that, is, and this is just me being honest, right? So if you if you guys um, choose not to move forward with us, which is completely understandable, totally fine. Obviously, that's your decision. But if you guys decide not to, and then I go to another property walkthrough, let's call it two days later, and that seller does decide to work with me. I can't necessarily promise you that I can come back and buy your house. So that's why I, I let you know that up front is as, like I said, I just like to give everybody the same opportunity to work with us. And, and if you can, great. And if you don't, I mean, that's, that's fine too. I, I completely understand that. So. Okay. Well, that's, that sounds fair enough. You can't beat that. Alrighty. Well, I look forward to uh, to meeting you both tomorrow. I'm I'm sorry I didn't catch uh, your wife's name initially on the on the beginning of the call. Oh, it's Heather. Heather. Okay. Well, very nice to meet you both, Alan and Heather. I look forward to meeting you both tomorrow at 5:30, and uh, we'll go from there and and see what we can come up with. All right, sir. Look forward to meeting you. Same here. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your uh, the rest of your evening and safe travels. Thank you. Thank you. Alrighty. Bye bye. All right, guys, so that'll go ahead and wrap up the entirety of the call. Um, you could hear there at the end, again, um, that I reset that expectation as far as the advance agreement, right? Making sure that, you know, hey, totally get it. You want to go out, you want to price shop, you want to try to find the best offer that's going to work for you. Again, like the reason that I do that, right, is so that, you know, I can offer the same opportunity to the next seller and ultimately choose whether or not they want to work with us. If they do that, I can't promise you that I'm going to come back and be able to buy your home. That's like giving a cookie and taking it away, right? So if you think of like a five-year-old, right, you give them a cookie and then you take it away, what happens? They get scared, they get upset, right? They get angry. They want their cookie back, right? Same exact psychological concept right here. So... I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope that this call was helpful as far as giving you some uh, some further insight into how we talk. Um, 
I think that this was a really great one as far as the emotional side of it is concerned, right? As far as tuning into the sellers, understanding where they're coming from, why, really getting to understand the why, right? The why, what is going on? What is happening? Why are you motivated to sell? What is going on in your life that I can try to help you with as far as this property is concerned, right? That is what we are trying to figure out. So again, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, so as far as some additional follow-up information, I didn't do this on the last call, but if anybody is looking for some additional information, you're always welcome to follow us at wholesalingoutofthebox.com. Um, we do have various programs and so on that are designed to continue this educational type of platform when it comes to investing in real estate, especially into the wholesaling side of it. Um, as far as potential resources for anything negotiation related, um, I will say that the number one book that I would recommend at the end of this particular episode would be Never Split the Difference. That is a book by ex-FBI negotiator Chris Voss, who is an absolute negotiation genius, um, for lack of a better, for lack of a better term, um, this guy is just awesome. That book is absolutely fantastic. The information in it um, is the, I would say, hands down, the best negotiation book that I have read today to date. Um, it's the just the psychology behind it, the way that I'm talking here. Um, it's going to really kind of put that into perspective as far as why it works and how it works. And uh, just an absolute fantastic book to be able to wrap your head around, especially from a ne negotiation psychology perspective. Um, so Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. If you guys are looking for any additional reading on the negotiation subject, I would highly recommend that. Outside of that, guys, I appreciate it again. If anybody has any feedback, please leave it below um, or please reach out to us directly. I would love to get any thoughts that you have moving forward as far as um, things, ways to improve as far as these calls are concerned. and. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll try to get the as, as much value out to you guys as we possibly can. So take it easy. I hope you all have a wonderful week and uh, look forward to the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. It's Ashley with Wholesaling Out of the Box. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We've got a lot more content coming for you on your podcatcher of choice, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of the above. So we'd really, really appreciate it if you would be willing to write a review if you have the time today for us down on whatever, wherever you're listening to this, because reviews help us so much to get in front of more people. And it lets us see what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you're interested in, things like that. So give us any kind of feedback. Sean and I are always saying we like all feedback, all uh, constructive criticisms so that we can get better, so that we can give you the content that you're looking for. So if you could leave us a review, that would be magical. And that's, that's it. Thanks for listening.